Times 2.33, which means it's time to be artsing around with Andrew Dembina. And he joins me now. Good afternoon to you. Good afternoon, Sadia. How's it going? All right. Not too bad. So are we out and about today, Andrew? Or uh, I know. <laughs> no, I'm, uh, I'm at my desk. Um, but I, I sometimes am. That's why Sadia is asking me. And there, you can probably can you actually hear some cafe sounds occasionally? Yes, you know, the, uh, yes. It really. sounds like you're outside, so it's always nice to get you kind of <laughs> yeah. on location. Right, exactly, exactly. Yeah, not today though. The only thing you might hear is um, that um, because I'm from my home office today, and uh, I can hear a circular saw outside. <laughs> that someone's got a bit of building works, but I think that's out of earshot. Hopefully, <laughs> right, that's so, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, going to be um, talking about a few things going on, including at the very end a reminder about something that's going on in Hong Kong. But starting off with things of a more global nature, there was a uh, an interesting article by a um, an online uh, arts magazine uh, based in the US called Dzine Magazine a couple of days ago, um, and they were talking about an amazing collaborative project um, where people through a very popular online uh, forum, were invited to work in groups together and put together a very ambitious digital image, which ended mm. up looking a bit like a collage, which mm. I've shared with you. Mm. It's on it's, my Facebook um, page. You can have a look at it. That's amazing. Right, right. Yeah, it's, um, it, 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 it's also been highlighted because the... Um, deadline for people to collaborate together was up last week, but it prompted the writer of Dezine, whose name uh, for this story was Phineas Harper, uh, an interesting story that came out uh, a few days ago. You can look it up, listeners, if you'd like to later for a bit more detail. But it was talking about um, not only how it brought people together in ways that we've all got used to during COVID times where, you know, we've been doing various forms of video contact with people and maybe some people on social media i see sometimes on facebook for example are are doing watching together of movies and things mm, like that well mm. people have also been creating art together and it made the writer think not only about this but also with a focus of uh, the last let's say year or so on nfts i didn't build it up this time i just got straight into mentioning it <laughs> just casually um, that, mentioned it <laughs> yeah yeah um that, that um you know there's been so much uh, focus on um the nfts which are the non-fungible uh, tokens which are um, in case you haven't heard about them, listeners, that's a, uh, a digital format of art where the NFT itself, the non-fungible token, doesn't refer anything to do with the type of art, whether it's a still JPEG or other form of digital still image, or whether it's a GIF or GIF, can, I've heard people pronounce that two different ways, um, where, where it's a short loop of something that moves through a, a kind of animation and goes back to the beginning and just keeps repeating, or whether it's video, or all sorts of other digital formats. What an NFT really refers to is that it is a certificate, really, an electronic certificate of ownership of a piece of digital artwork which is has built-in authentication and it means that it can transfer from one person to another without any question on whether it is the genuine thing or not which um, has made it interesting because 
uh, even with oil paintings and drawings over the years, and we've touched on this before, there are great forgeries, and by great I mean that they've fooled the art experts into being considered as the real thing when they're not. But there's no way yet that, it, that, that anyone's um, heard of uh, of faking an NFT and getting away with it. So we've heard about so far. It is an early format, mm. so I'm sure people will try it because these things are changing hands for uh, sums of huge amounts of money, aren't they, as we've, mm, as we've discussed before. Yeah, but, but, um, but the, the person who's writing this article, Phineas Harper, at Dezine magazine, is saying how refreshing to see something which is about the activity of making digital art rather than focusing on the uh the comments that i've just been making which is about how you know the nfts can be treated as commodities so the the, the, the this group project which is not something that we can measure in scale because it would be seen on a screen that could be anything from a pocket telephone to you know the large format desktop mm, computer mm -hmm. and everything in between is something that can only be enjoyed by logging into a URL. And it was actually uh, a project that was put up there by one of the very popular forums, um, as, I, as I mentioned, who just thought that they would see whether it took off. And it really did. It became a phenomenon over the last couple of weeks of April when it went live. And there were people... You, the, the, those participating were allowed also not just to fill in the blanks or colour in the blanks, but to actually choose where they wanted to put something oh, really? and in a non non sort of combative mode it did mean that some people got knocked off they might have created something and then it would be knocked off or usurped not in an aggressive way but just because there was only so much space and there was a time limit and if there were lots of people wanting to get their images on uh, then it meant that some people were putting images on top of other images and obliterating them, not to be, not to kind of be champion of getting as many bits of imagery into this collage as possible, but merely to join in. And um, there, there was a limit, though, to prevent it from being becoming a real free-for-all and maybe that people might have been just, you know, having their creations destroyed or... Uh, or kind of um, usurped too quickly, there was a limit to how fast people could put their their bits up. There, there a certain amount of pixels. That's the, um, the, dim, the the digital area that could be put up over a five minute period, which was a very small amount. So you had to kind of you could be seen during the process. What I've shared with you, Sadia, product would be. Would be something taking shape, a bit like a sketch or a painting. Of seeing people mm. lay down some colours, some lines, some forms, and seeing it take shape, but very slowly, deliberately by the organiser um, to to not allow people to just dominate the whole thing too quickly. It looks quickly. great. It looks yeah. really great. It's incredibly colourful and incredibly detailed. Um, it, it, is. it is. It's amazing. And it, if you it, zoom in, you can see individual mm. things in detail. It's quite good. Yeah. What can 
What, what can you what what comes what comes to mind to you straight away from looking at it? Well, there is just so much to look at. Well, to tell you the truth, it has a very comicky effect. To tell you, I, I mean, mm. and initially when I looked at it, it just looks like some kind of mad comic strip type thing. <laughs> it um, does actually, and then yeah. when you look into the detail, you can see that you know there's some other things in there. But it is mm. there is I don't know. It's quite comical kind of effect it had. But but the color is what really affects you know that that grabs you and the mm. detail. It's quite interesting. Yeah, it's, it's good. It is. And, you know, the things that jump out at me are certain images that I'm familiar with. For example, I can see some um, football team yes. logos that yes. jump out because they've also got the words of the teams, and that jumps out really quick, really yeah. immediately. Some of the colours jump, jump out of things which are less to do with an, an association or something that people know, like a, I think there's a lemon in the middle at the yes, bottom somewhere. Yes, and, yeah, and, um, but, but then, um, you know, I mentioned that it doesn't have the backing of something like um, an authentication mm -hmm. um, board like an NFT would have. And mm -hmm. then it makes me wonder about the fact that I can see in the top right half of the image, which is basically a rectangle that stretches across. It's like a landscape uh, uh, format image. Uh, there, there's a, um, a small uh, part of the portrait of the Mona Lisa by Leonardo yes, da Vinci. Yes, yes. And, that, and I just wonder what the copyright uh, rules of that, oh, are, of that are. that's but, true. Um, but, but although, I mean, with certain images, uh, same with music and film, um, there are after a certain amount of years people can use uh, certain aspects of uh, mm. the arts mm. and uh, and and it's okay but i think generally they have to ask for permission yes. this comes from a very um, well-known uh, media platform it's reddit i might as well mention it it's yeah. reddit uh -huh. um which has, has all sorts of content on it so i would think as they've been around for you know some decades that uh, that they that they probably Checked do their due, things, due yes. diligence for yes. that sort of thing. I, I would think so. Yeah. Good. Yeah. So that was uh, that that was an interesting project. Um, and um, the I'm just uh, I, I, was, I was looking for the for the comments that the writer made. They did make I've got to say some disparaging comments about what they call the NFT bandwagon <laughs> for uh, the, the way they see it. You know, it's the words of one writer, and that's the, that is the good thing about um, journalism in in uh, in the arts is that people can put their opinion in uh, usually, um, and it's. Um, it's talking about that those who have been best to profit from the NFT bubble, as they call it, have had a command of substantial followings when they are not necessarily artists, like famous musicians, including Eminem, Snoop Dogg, and, all, and, and others who have released lucrative NFT collections. Well, this is a phenomenon. It's, um, they, they, they may be loosely called art, but there are some people who are especially those that, that i just mentioned that were cited who are you know sort of living off handsomely off royalties that they've made from let's say the music industry mm. who then can add an extra income stream by um i mean i would imagine it's from their management team who just see it as another way of getting some more um you know some more um, income to use images clips of music although for fans i should think that they're they're happy if they can afford it if it's at an affordable price point mm. to um to have to have this in their collection like people might have had um posters although yes. i should imagine that's a lower income thing yeah, yeah, um yeah. Uh, you know in, in the old days the old school way of showing your appreciation for, uh, mm. yeah yeah 
Um, okay, well, that's, that's probably a bit all there is to say on that. Um, I want to move on to something very far removed from that in the world of conventional art auctions. Um, that I want to say, normally, if I come across something in the auction world, it, often it's Hong Kong, it's Paris, or London, New York... But, the, but, but something that did come my way uh, from a magazine called Antiques and Arts Weekly was that the robust nature of auctions is is alive and well. This is based in America. So they, there was, there's a spring annual auction in Kansas City, not mm-hmm. really known or spoken about, you know, just among people with a vague interest in art uh, for its auctions. But, uh, but they recently had a had an auction sale towards uh, it was the last week of April, which raised, and this isn't huge money, I guess, but it was, uh, it was uh, around about half a million US dollars for, um, for artworks which were not international big names. They were all American artists that, don't, that are not known by everyone in the art world for sure, and probably not by everyone uh, except for scholars of American art in their own country. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, there, there, there were there were one or two other pieces which were from outside of America. It was so mostly American, but some European art as well. And I sent you a picture of yes. the thing, the objects. Yeah, what can you? What, what, what do you think that <sighs> yeah, is? I mean, I see feathers. It reminds me of some Las Vegas, like some you know headpiece that might be uh, somebody yeah. wearing in Las Vegas or something. Um, yeah. Whether it's a landscape. There may be, it may mm. be a landscape as well, but somehow I feel as if it's like attached to somebody. Um, I, I can't really make out exactly what it is. I see kind of feathers well, and a plume uh, yeah, or I, something. I, I think that's, that, that's interesting. I do see that. And also there's almost like a sort of floating um, frames of, uh, of glasses, spectacles or a yes, mask that's yes. underneath the plume. But yes. I can't even guess if that's what it is but um and those flo- those are floating above what looks like a wide tree trunk that's been cut off uh, okay. the, the, you know just just got the stump on the ground there oh. but it, it's um i mean that's what it looks like that's what the bottom part looks like to me but um, we get no clue from the title mm-hmm. um the uh the etching which is the medium it was basically it's on white paper this is the thing that Sadia and i are, are attempting to describe listeners and it's um it's an etching and um it's Etching with aquatint. Now, etching is a print and a limited edition. This is one of just under 40 prints that come from a Belgian artist who was working in the the lower half of the 1900s, and it sold for around about 20,000 US dollars. Wow. So it's quite, it's quite a lot of money, especially as it was just one of an edition of just under 40. So it means there, were, there are another, you know, 39 or so knocking around in the world. Mm-hmm. So it's a desirable artist, and uh, the Belgian artist's name is Pierre uh, Alekczynski, mm-hmm. and it's, um, uh, it's part of a series in which he uh, was playing around with the process of aquatint, using natural imagery. That's what the artist said in his day. So it's, I, I, I don't know if he was in some kind of wooded area and the rest of the top half of the image may have come more from his mind than what he saw, uh, as a lot of ab- abstraction can do. But it was, uh, it, it was the, the highest sale item, along with 
pencil drawings that went for thousands of US dollars. Pencil drawings, at least, you can say, you know, it's a unique item that if it's not made into an edition, like, like, like the print was. And there were also some very um, not regularly seen uh, paintings, one-off, by a Kansas City where the auction was held, artist George Van Millet, who was a landscape painter. He painted very much in the French uh, Impressionist style, that is to say, not with fine detail, but capturing the light and so on. I didn't send you one of those, um, Sadia, but, it's, uh, but, but I'm looking, as I'm, as I'm describing this, at mm. a, a very rural scene. That's, that's just a beautiful dappled sunlight coming through the trees. So if anyone has seen the paintings of, of, uh, of Monet and the like from the oh, Impressionist nice. uh, era, that's, that's pretty much what it mm. looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, they were not expecting to get so much uh, return from the works that they had. Uh, that was, um, you know, around about half a million US dollars because, um, it, you know, it's been a tough time with COVID and so on. But as I've mentioned previously with um, the big, typical, you know, big cities that I mentioned by name before, that auction sales have rocketed during this two and a half year period of COVID. And I think it's possibly that other types of investment have been less stable and that there is generally, even if it's an etching uh, prints from an edition of the 40, there's still a finite amount of, uh, of artworks that can be sold and then resold some years later. Usually, if they're an artist with a decent CV, it's going to go up in value. Mm. So, okay. yeah. So, that's um, a lot of American uh, influence in today's segment, because the next thing I'm turning to is something I just heard you talking on your yes. chinwag um, <laughs> segment with, with your two colleagues there. Um, it was that the New York's uh, Metropolitan Museum has an annual, usually fashion-led extravaganza. It's a fundraiser that does raise funds for its own gallery, but which extends beyond just the, uh, the fashion and textiles department within the huge Metropolitan Museum of New York. And there were lots of stars there. And I sent you a picture, yeah, Sadia, of... Uh, yes, it, it is. It was... Um, so the, it, there was a, uh, a theme um, of gilded glamour. That's what they called it. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, the picture I've sent you spells it out pretty well. It's a bit glitzy. Uh, Blake Lively, who is an actress in America, is uh, wearing in the picture that I sent Sadia a... A, v- a very uh, beautiful uh, gown. Long, yeah, yeah, it's a beautiful gown with a long with train. A train. I, yeah, yeah, it's, it looks like it's from another era, doesn't it? Uh, mm. In uh, and that's from Versace. So all of the big name couture fashion companies always put forward creations and make them especially to fit celebrities. And we did hear uh, earlier on, though, it's not just making new ones at the events to do with the raising money for the fashion department this year was uh, Kim Kardashian, as one of your uh, guests earlier mm. mentioned, yes. wearing a Marilyn dress Rose. originally. Mm. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. A very famous one worn by, by her. Um, there, were, there were other pairings of um, celebrities with big-name designers, such as Sarah Jessica Parker from Sex and the City, who was wearing, wearing something that was specially made for this event by uh, Ralph Lauren. And uh, and there, there were there were countless other um, uh, celebs, particularly probably better known in America. Um, I saw a list of uh, of the names: Janelle Monae, 
um, uh, is a rapper in, in, in America that I'm not familiar with. There was Wendy Deng Murdoch, um, Rupert Murdoch's uh, wife, who um, who wore something that uh, pretty much looks like a lot of uh, a lot of feathers uh, that were covering <laughs> her modesty and not much else. Um, and, uh, and but one of the one of the bizarre things was that there was the New York City mayor Eric Adams wearing a tuxedo jacket um, with. Uh, End gun violence slogan, uh-huh. um, which was uh, which was kind of uh, written in large letters across the back of this tuxedo dinner jacket. You know, bow tie and everything. Okay, but um, that's your couture fashion right there. You and, can do anything, um, it, really, can't you? <laughs> I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing's excluded. But it's uh, it's amazing that the New York City Mayor Ed- Eric Adams was game to. Uh, to, to do that, obviously, it's sending a positive message for the city of New York. Um, you know, to mm. uh, to to uh, to put people off the uh, the casual use of weaponry. Mm-hmm. But um, but but there were lots of um, celebrities and financiers there because um, those people are courted to come along. There's a dinner, uh, sit down dinner. You know, a lot of money is raised every year. They go into the hundreds of millions of U.S. dollars. That are all that are, that are put in to raise money for this institution. It's quite a colossal amount. It did draw some criticism. The uh, event, not only for the reasons that I heard you discussing, uh, re the Marilyn Monroe dress, but also because of the very difficult times that people have been in through the COVID era, and uh, and also um, you know that America has been quite hard hit by. Um, fuel prices and other things because of the Ukraine-Russia situation. So um, there was some criticism about that in the popular media in America. Um, there were other of, of all of the other faces that were there that weren't dressed up by uh, by big name brands uh, and just wore, wore their own togs or got their own stuff uh, made to fit them if they were uh, um, wealthy enough to do that. Were um, the likes of Elon Musk. Oh, who right. went in a 1920s style tuxedo uh, with tails, and uh, and his date for the evening was his mother. Quite nice. <laughs> That's a good PR stunt, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> yeah, it okay. is. It? Yeah, Fair I'm enough. a natural. I'm a natural billionaire that's just brought Twitter. I I go everywhere with my mum. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just yeah. abusing well, it. <laughs> Yeah, that's that. I mean, those are the main reports I wanted yeah. to mention. But I wanted to just quickly remind uh, the listeners, if I can, that the French May uh, just kicked off mm, a few days ago. Yes. Um, yeah, and um, it, it, it's on as ever, not just for May, as it says in its name, but it'll be on until throughout uh, June and uh, and even some events on into the first days of July. Yes, so, I have them on the show in, a, uh, I think, next week sometime. They're coming oh, on right. again, yeah. So it'll be nice right, to right. find out about some of the things. Oh, Lots good, of activities yeah. going on with French May, aren't there? Lots of things going on in uh, Yeah, they, they go right across uh, from, you know, uh, static exhibi- art exhibitions to all kinds of performance parties. In, in normal times, they'd be inviting uh, uh, contemporary bands and all sorts of mm. orchestral stuff. But they are doing, again what every other art festival is doing in Hong Kong um, until we resume normality, having some uh, piped-in online performances uh, from from France and other places in the world as well. Looking forward to that. Lots of things going on. Thank you very much, Andrew. That was brilliant. Um, Lots there to think about. And um, again, you can go to my Facebook page and see the pictures. Andrew, thank you very much. Uh, We're going up towards the news soon, so I'm just going to get a drag on. Thank you. We'll see you again next Tuesday then. That was Andrew with Artsing Around.